wonderful tonight to introduce you to our first speaker of the Art Conference of 2001, Brother Tim Copeland from Buford, Georgia. Brother Copeland evangelized for a long, long time, took a small work in Buford, Georgia, to experience great growth, great revival church, strong apostolic church. And I'm so anxious to hear from the word of the Lord. I told Brother Howard tonight, I don't want to put pressure on Brother Copeland tonight, but I really feel like Brother Copeland's got a word from the Lord tonight for us. I feel like he's got a word from the Lord for us tonight. I want you to give the Lord a big hand clap as Brother Copeland comes. God bless him. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Let's praise him a little longer tonight, can we? Thank you, Lord. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Glory to the name of the Lord. Glory to the name of the Lord. Glory to the name of the Lord. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I feel very honored to be a part of this ARC Conference 2001. We love and appreciate these men that sponsor this meeting. I have prayed that the Lord would help me to add something this and not take anything away from it. Uh, looking forward to hearing the men that are going to follow me preach uh, in this meeting. I prayed that uh, some way God would help me to be in, with, in tune with what uh, he has spoken uh, to the rest of the men that are going to preach this meeting. Hallelujah. We have got some tremendous men of God, and what a lineup preachers coming uh, to preach to us the next few days. I want the Word of God to touch my heart. <clears throat> that is my only hope of salvation. Somebody to preach to me, and uh, for me to hear the Word of the Lord and apply it to my life. But uh, I feel honored to be here tonight, and I just pray that God would help us on this first night tap into what he has for us. What I feel to preach tonight is something that I had no intentions of preaching in this meeting, and uh, I have really been a little apprehensive today uh, thinking about this and if it would fit, but I looked up and I saw the sign, Apostolic Restoration Conference. And I thought if there's anything that needs to be restored and uh, renewed, surely it's what I'm going to preach about tonight. So uh, I hope that uh, God will put his anointing on this tonight and talk to our hearts. Maybe a little different than uh, uh, what we would expect. I'm hungry for revival. I'm hungry to see the harvest brought in. And uh, I'm hungry to see chains broken. 
deliverance come. And I believe that God's in the revival business, don't you? I believe in old-time revival. I believe in revival that changes something, that revives something. Hallelujah. Revival ought to bring to life something. We've got too many of the harmless-type revivals that uh, doesn't change anything. Hallelujah. But God knows I need some changes in my life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so it is good to be here tonight. We're going to get right into the word of the Lord again. Appreciate these men, Brother Howard. He's been such a friend to me and a guiding light, such an example. And uh, these other men, I feel honored to, to be here tonight. And pray that the Lord will help us tonight. The book of Psalms 126 reading two verses in this psalm. I'm going to read in about uh, two or three places if you'll just bear with me tonight. Psalms 126 and verse 5 and verse 6. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth bearing precious seed shall doubtless, everybody say doubtless, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. Hallelujah. Jeremiah chapter 9 and verse 1. that my head were waters and my mind and mine eyes a fountain of tears that I might weep day and night for the slain of the daughter of my people oh that my head were waters and mine eyes a fountain of tears that I might weep day and night for the slain of the daughter of my people Luke chapter 19 and verse 41. Luke chapter 19, verse 41. And when he was come near, he beheld the city and wept over it saying, If thou hadst known, even thou at least in this thy day, the things which belong unto thy peace, but now they are hid from thine eyes. And when he was come near, he beheld the city and wept over it. And then one last reading tonight in John chapter 11 and verse 35. John chapter 11 and verse 35. Shortest verse of the Bible. Jesus wept. 
Jesus wept. I want to preach to you tonight from this subject, the ministry of tears. The ministry of tears. He that goeth forth weeping, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. I believe that there is a unfailing recipe for revival, for a move of God that uh, is within our reach tonight. I want to tell you I'm praying for something tonight, and I, I have been, like I said, reluctant about preaching something like this. I am praying for a move of the Holy Ghost in this place before this service is over that will revolutionize some people. And I believe that uh, if the Word of God can get a hold of us, a revival can be born in somebody's heart and life, in somebody's church. I believe we've got a key here that has been hidden in so many places. I believe there's a secret in tears, the ministry of tears. How many is going to help me preach tonight? Hallelujah. Let's lift our hands and love the Lord tonight. Lord, we love you tonight. We thank you for your word. We thank you, God, for an opportunity to preach your word tonight, God, for health and strength. God, I thank you, Lord, God. Hallelujah. We pray your blessing upon this house tonight, God. Hallelujah. We pray that you would speak to every heart and life, God. Let life be spoken in this place tonight, Lord. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And you may be seated tonight. Weeping and other expressions of emotion is more common in the far eastern world than in our western world in the east of the time of death there are weepers that are hired mourners that come uh, to join in with family members to help in expressing the grief of the soul for the departing of a loved one during these times of sorrow there are special bottles that are passed around and in these bottles are caught the tears that are shed in this time of, of great loss. And in years to come, these bottles become very precious to the owner. No doubt this is what the woman poured upon the feet of Jesus when the Bible says that she washed his feet with her tears and dried them with her hair. But in this culture, in the far eastern world, uh, they feel that uh, they want to express their great grief. They feel that within themselves they're inadequate to shed enough tears and to display enough sorrow. There comes the time when uh, there's no more tears that a person can shed. And so there are professional mourners, weepers, that come and help express the grief of the soul. In our Western world, especially in the United States of America, the expression of these emotions uh, is considered to be a weakness. Uh, 
America feels like if one weeps, then they are weak, or at least they are considered to be. The funeral service is so designed that uh, uh, it is designed and laid out to uh, try to take out as many tears as possible. The pattern and the program of the funeral is laid out in a way to not uh, create very much emotion. People in our society doesn't want to be broken up. They do not want to uh, be emotional in the presence of their peers. We have uh, a society that uh, gets to a place that we try to live behind a facade and uh, a false face. And a lot of times we're smiling when deep down inside we are crying. And we are taught that uh, we need to be strong and, and men do not weep. And uh, so people take tranquilizers and they take different types of drugs and during times of great loss. And sometimes people go to a funeral service of a loved one or a family member and they are so uh, drugged up that they do not want to be totally aware of what is happening because uh, to them it would be such a horrible thing to be broken in the presence of those around them. And so many times people have to deal with their grief and their sorrow by themselves. It's when uh, the funeral is over and the crowds have left and, and the woman that is left by herself and has lost her husband uh, has to try to work her way through the hours and days and weeks of loneliness. And, and uh, when she goes out, she smiles and she acts like that everything is back to normal, but really uh, in the hidden places uh, when no one is around she, she weeps and, and she cries but I want to tell you that uh, the Bible says that uh, the greatest man that was ever born of woman the greatest man that ever walked in shoe leather Jesus Christ was a man of tears he was a man that was acquainted with grief and sorrow he was the type of individual that did not apologize because he wept. There were times that he openly wept in the presence of other people. I read in your hearing where he stood at the tomb of Lazarus and the Bible says that Jesus wept. We find where that he stood over Jerusalem and he looked at the masses of people and thought about the trouble that was coming. And the Bible says that he wept over Jerusalem and said, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, Thou that stoneth the prophets and killeth those that are sent unto you. How oft would I have gathered you together as a hen doth her brood, but you would not. Jesus was a man that was not embarrassed to weep. Because there is a chemistry of tears. There is something that happens to the human heart when we allow ourselves to be broken. When we come and we take down all the false walls and the facade and we come in the presence of God to hear the word of the Lord. And, and we say, God, I want you to touch me. I want something to happen to me in this conference. And I don't want to leave with things that ought to be changed in my life, unchanged. And I want to make myself vulnerable to your presence. I have no agenda within myself. I have nothing that, uh, uh, that I need to hide. I just come as a, a, a needy person. And I recognize that the word of the Lord needs to do something in my life. You see, weeping waters the soul. I said weeping waters the soul. I want to ask you tonight, how long has it been since your soul was watered? 
How long has it been since tears uh, freely flowed down your cheeks? The psalmist David said, He that goeth forth weeping, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Jeremiah said, Oh, that my head were waters, and mine eyes a fountain of tears, that I might weep day and night for the slain of the daughters of my people. There is a secret that has been long lost among some Pentecostal churches and in some areas. And there are those that believe that you can have a real heaven-sent Holy Ghost revival, that you can have a harvest without the presence of water, and that uh, you can have an increase and that the church can grow and, and that we can accomplish what needs to be accomplished in this last hour with silent prayer rooms and tears that are dry and hearts that have not been broken in a long, long time. Hallelujah. There are folks that are trying to have a harvest without the ministry of tears. But if you know anything about farming tonight, you've got to agree with me tonight that uh, you can have all the ingredients for the harvest. And if you do not have water, you're not going to have a harvest. You can have the seed, and it can be a certified seed. And uh, you can have rich soil with the right kinds of ingredients and elements. And, and the sun can give its light. And the temperature can be right. But unless there is the presence of water that touches that seed, it is impossible for that seed to germinate and grow. There has got to be water. I believe this is what David was talking about when he said, He that goeth forth weeping, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. I believe that the record bears it out that he that goeth forth, hallelujah, with precious seed but dry-eyed, shall doubtless come again empty-handed. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but when I think of what God has promised us and when it comes to the harvest and when it comes to revival and when I think of what I have seen and the lack of results that I have experienced, hallelujah, there is a fear that comes to my heart when I think of standing at the judgment with no more sheaves in my hand than what I have. Hallelujah. When I read about the harvest, I read about an abundant harvest. When I read about a gospel, I read about a powerful gospel. When I read about the church, I read about a triumphant church. Hallelujah, there's nothing anemic. Hallelujah, that is supposed to be about this church. I believe there's nothing wrong with the message that we're preaching. Hallelujah, I still believe it takes Acts 2.38. You must be born again of the water and of the spirit, or you cannot see the kingdom of God. You're not going to enter the kingdom of God. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. But in evangelizing for over 21 years and in pastoring a church for seven years, doing my best to try to do that. Hallelujah. When I look at Pentecost in general and when I think of analyzing revival and what is missing in this restoration that we need to have, it seems to me that one of the greatest ingredients that is needed in the apostolic church in the year 2001 is that we need the presence of water. We need the presence of tears. Oh, that my head were waters and mine eyes a fountain of tears that I might weep day and night for the slain of the daughters of my people. 
We're not ready to have the kind of revival that God wants us to have until we get to a point that it's a matter of night and day. It is a matter of being on call at all times of the hours. Hallelujah, when prayer possesses us. Hallelujah, tears roll down our cheeks. Hallelujah, I feel that we are nothing as a church unless, first of all, we are a praying church. Hallelujah, we can get people to teach Bible studies many times. And we can get people to teach a Sunday school class. And we can get people to give them the offering plan. And we can do a lot of things. But I want to tell you, one of the greatest challenges that we have is to find men and women that are willing to weep in behalf of a lost and a hell-bound generation. Hallelujah, something needs to get a hold of us that possesses us. Hallelujah, that breaks us, that drives us. Hallelujah, night and day. Oh, that my head were waters and my eyes a fountain of tears. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah, did you know that in the last seven days that have passed by, over a million brand new souls has been born upon this planet that we are a part of? A million souls that will live and die and never hear the message that Jesus saves unless something happens to the church. A million souls that many of them will live and die and never hear the name Jesus. I think sometimes we don't realize how, how, little, how many people, how the vast amount of people in our world, especially in other countries, that know nothing about the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. There's nothing wrong with the anointing that God has put in the church. There's nothing wrong with the message that God has given us to preach. Hallelujah. There's nothing wrong with the Holy Ghost that's on the inside of our lives. But yet it seems that we can so easily become comfortable being in a Pentecostal church. And the days turn into weeks and weeks to months and months to years. And, and service after service, if we're not careful, hallelujah, we can sit dry-eyed and burdenless and, and without a vision. The Bible says where there is no vision, the people perish. Hallelujah, where there's not a vision, where our eyes are not open. And hallelujah, there's people that are dying and going to hell. Hallelujah, neighbors that are going to be lost unless Pentecostal people get a vision. Friends that we work with on the job that are going to be lost and go to hell unless a spirit of evangelism gets a hold of us where we realize, hallelujah, we are debtors. We are ambassadors of the grace of Jesus Christ. God has entrusted in our hands the greatest priceless, hallelujah, thing that the world has ever known to be able to sit here tonight and know that Jesus Christ is almighty God to sit here and have a revelation of repentance and baptism in the name of Jesus Christ and the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. To sit here tonight. Hallelujah. And realize that this is the church. Hallelujah. That's going to another world. We've got something to preach about. We've got something to sing about. We've got something to shout about. I want to tell you there is a debt that we owe. There's a responsibility that we have unto whom much is given. Much is required. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Hallelujah, churches go without revivals where there is no vision. 
Hallelujah. People are not told to save in message where there is no vision. Pentecost sits comfortably on our padded pews and enjoy the good blessing of the Lord. Hallelujah. While there's people around us that are struggling, families that are being destroyed, people that don't have a ghost of a chance, people that don't even realize, hallelujah, that there's still a real church and that the Bible's right and the Holy Ghost can change their life. There's an experience that can take liquor out of their belly and booze out of their veins. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That can change their life. Hallelujah that can change their home and their future. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. But I want to tell you, it's not just those out there that's going to perish. I believe we're going to perish if we don't have a vision. Hallelujah. You can't live for God and be saved without a vision. Hallelujah. Friend, we're not a bunch of cesspools that's just receiving something in all the time and not giving anything out. God's looking for us, hallelujah, to do something. God's looking for a return in the investment that he's made in Calvary. Jesus Christ gave all, and he's looking for us to give all. Hallelujah. We don't need to be looking for some kind of comfortable religion where we sit back and fold our hands. Hallelujah. And always receiving a blessing and always asking God for something and never ask God Lord what are you expecting out of me what do you want out of me I want God to do something to me this week I want these preachers to preach to me this week I want them to preach me under the carpet I want to feel like repenting I want to get things right in my life I don't want to be comfortable while people are not getting the Holy Ghost and lives are not being changed Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Oh God, I would that we could look in heaven's mirror tonight and see ourselves the way that God sees us. Hallelujah. It might be surprising to see the condition that some of us are in. We might see a spiritual man that is dehydrated, a man that is nothing but skin stretched over bones, a man that is perishing, that is dying, that is perishing because there is no vision. Hallelujah, hallelujah. God, stir me up tonight. Hallelujah. Lord God, talk to us tonight. Hallelujah. Pentecostal churches have tried every program there is to try. Hallelujah. They've gone to the, hallelujah, the different seminars. Hallelujah. Trying to learn how to grow a church. Hallelujah. They listen to guys that make statements like, I can grow a church with God or without God. You're not growing a church. Hallelujah. You just got a crowd. There's a lot of difference between a crowd and a church. Hallelujah. There's all kinds of techniques. Oh, yes. I said there's all kinds of techniques to fill a building up and to have a crowd. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm told that when it comes to mass advertisement and mass mail-outs, that you can get about 3%, hallelujah, of what you mail out uh, to to come to your church and to visit your church. But I want to tell you, we can get them to come to church, but what's going to happen after they get there? Hallelujah, what are they going to find in church after they get there? Hallelujah, friend. We can mail things out and we can use every gimmick and every program. 
Hallelujah. But we're not like other denominations. Hallelujah. We're not like other churches. We're not interested in just a head count. We're not interested in just a crowd. We're interested in people finding God. We're interested in the chains of sin being broken. We're interested in people, hallelujah, kicking the devil out of their life and repenting of their sins and being baptized in Jesus' name and receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Pastors, we do wrong when we try to compare ourselves with denominal preachers. Hallelujah, we're not doing the same thing. We're not building the same thing. Hallelujah, friend, it's altogether different. Hallelujah, we're asking people to come out of sin, come out of the world. That's not what the denominal world is doing. Hallelujah, we're lived to see a day that the so-called churches got worldly and the world has got churchy. But the Bible says, come ye out from among them and touch not the unknown clean thing and I will deceive you until myself hallelujah I'm not interested in a house full of uncommitted people I'm not interested in a house full of people that are prayerless people that never weep between the porch and the altar hallelujah I don't want to be fooled at judgment day I don't want my works to be burned up by the fire of God oh but I want our church to be tried in the fire I still believe people got to pray if they're going to go to heaven people's got to weep if they're going to go to heaven it's more than just a shout on a Sunday night and enjoying the high times hallelujah there's got to be some digging there's got to be some repentance there's got to be some sorrow there's got to be a burden hallelujah there's got to be a prospect. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I want to tell you this city of Tulsa is a maker. Hallelujah for a bunch of spirits. Birds of ever feather. Hallelujah. You can live any old way you want to live in this city and probably most cities we're from. And you can find some kind of a church that will accommodate you. Hallelujah. People still in their sin and claiming they're going to heaven. We've lived to see an hour that man has been deified and God has been humanized. Hallelujah. And sin has been glorified. Never has there been so many high-priced clothes hung on so many low-priced people as in the day that we're living in. I still believe, friend, that when it comes to the church. Hallelujah. When people are born into the kingdom of God, they're born in a prayer meeting. They're born in tears. There's got to be a death. There's got to be a travail. There's got to be a price paid. Hallelujah. 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 I don't have anything against programs. I think we ought to use some things that will help us. Hallelujah. I'm always open for things that are help us. But if we're not careful, we'll spend all of our time looking for some kind of new program and never visit the prayer room. We have lost something. We have lost something. Hallelujah. I visited some of these so-called revivals. Hallelujah. Where you go and people are supposed to be getting the Holy Ghost. But there's no depth there. There's no tears there. There's no repentance there. And that's the reason when the revival's over, you couldn't find ten of them with a search warrant if you had to. Hallelujah. I believe in great revival. I believe we can have revivals that are turned cities upside down. I'm not preaching against big revival. Hallelujah. I'm preaching against false revival. Hallelujah. I'm preaching against something that is nothing but fluff. Hallelujah. Something that is watered down. Hallelujah. Something that doesn't change anybody's life.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He that goeth forth weeping, bearing precious seed, precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing their sheaves with them. Hallelujah. Several years ago, a Pentecostal preacher, and I hate to even mention something like this, but Pentecostal preacher backslid, went out into the world, lost his, his vision, and, and uh, sin took him. He got out of the ministry, and thank God his wife kept on living for God. They had a son, and he uh, grew up, and God called him into the ministry. And uh, the young man started evangelizing, preaching across the country. And, and uh, while he'd be off preaching, his mother would sit down and write him a letter and say, Son, uh, I just want to let you know that we're starting revival in the home church. And, and I want you to pray for your daddy. Seems like your daddy is getting further and further away from God. Your daddy don't ever pray anymore. Your daddy's become very bitter and critical. And, and uh, your daddy's doing things that uh, he hadn't done in a long time. Your daddy started smoking again. And I want you to pray that in this revival, your daddy would be saved. And uh, the son would fall on his face and he would weep and cry and pray for his dad to find God. But uh, the revival would come and go and, and uh, the man would continue in his sin. And, and uh, a long time passed and several revivals passed. And, but in every revival, this mother would sit down and, and write this letter and say, Son, pray for your daddy that in this revival, your daddy would find God. Finally, they invited, uh, the pastor invited this young man to come home and preach a revival in the home church. His dad had promised that if he preached in the home church, he'd come out and hear him preach. And so they were hoping that uh, in this revival that the son was preaching, that this old backslid preacher would come back and, and find the Lord. And so he started the revival, and, and sure enough, in a few nights, his dad showed up for church, and oh, they were so excited, and they were just believing for, for the best, and and so it came time for the young man to preach and he got up and he read his text and, and he prayed for God's anointing on his message and, and uh, to his disappointment when he was through praying and looked up he saw his dad walk out the door of the church uh, he did not wait to hear his own son preach the word of the Lord that night the revival went on for a week or two I don't remember exactly how long but the, uh, the man never darkened the door of that church again and that revival the revival closed and the young man left and there was such a disappointment, a revival that was designed to save Daddy and yet uh, Daddy did not find God. Well, months passed by and the church got in another revival again. Uh, the lady sat down and wrote a letter and said, Son, we're in a revival. Pray that, that in this revival your dad would find God. But uh, revivals came and revivals went and years passed by and, and the man continued to get deeper and deeper in sin. But finally, there was another revival that started in that church and, and uh, the evangelist came and he began to preach and he began to tell that church, he said, uh, you know, if we want uh, sinners to pray through, we need to pray through. If we want sinners to be touched, we need to be touched. If we want sinners to clean their lives up and straighten their act up, then we need to straighten our act up. Hallelujah, we need to be saved. This evangelist began to preach about renewal. How many believes in renewal around here? Hallelujah. You know, there's some people that don't believe in renewal. They believe you can just get the Holy Ghost and you don't have to get it any old, you don't have to get it again. I don't read that in the book of Acts. I read that ever so often they got it all over again. 
Hallelujah. Those folks that got the Holy Ghost in Acts, the second chapter. Hallelujah. They'd go to church, and the Bible says, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. I believe that was probably the success of that church. It wasn't just a few over here and a few over there. Hallelujah. But there were times that the Bible says again, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. I would to God every one of us to forget everybody that's sitting by us tonight and say, it's me, God. Hallelujah. You got a blessing with my name on it. Lord, you got a renewal with my name on it. Hallelujah. I'm not satisfied. Hallelujah. To sit in the grandstands and watch everybody else receive something from the Lord. Dig me up, God. I want to pray through this week. I want to make sure everything's right. I know the trumpet can sound at any time. I don't want to be lost while I'm sitting in a Pentecostal church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's the kind of revival I believe in. That's the kind of revivals I tried to preach when I was evangelizing. Hallelujah. You know, hallelujah. I need evangelists in my church. I just personally believe in the fivefold ministry. That's what I believe in. I don't believe a pastor can do it by himself. I don't believe I can do it by myself. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Hallelujah. The best thing to do to start a revival is find the sore spot and put your finger in it. Find the limb people sitting on and cut it out from under them. Oh, but we praying and oh, we're doing good. Yeah, you're doing good, but you need to do better. That's what revival is. Don't think that you can get so deep in this. God doesn't have anything else for you. There's nobody here tonight so spiritual that you don't need to pray through all over again. Oh, yeah, we need God's fingerprints on our life when we leave this building tonight. We need God to touch us. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. So the evangelist started saying, y'all need to pray through. Hallelujah. It'd be terrible to be lost after you've been in the Pentecostal church. It'd be terrible to have no oil in your vessel. It'd be terrible to be sitting with all the virgins and saying, I'm clean and I'm dressed right and I still believe the doctrine and I believe in one God. Oh, yeah, I can nod my head when the preacher preaches anything and be empty on the inside. I'm going to tell you, the only thing that's going to get us out of here when the world's on fire is going to be the power of the Holy Ghost. It's not going to be what you're wearing. It's not going to be what you look like. I want to tell you, the Holy Ghost is what calls you to dress right and look right. Hallelujah, but the power of God is the fuel that's going to get us out of here. It's going to be a renewing of the Holy Ghost. Well, this woman, she'd been in the church for many years. She'd been a pastor's wife. Hallelujah. But she sat down and wrote a letter to her son like she always did. You know, it's time to write a letter. We're starting revival. But she didn't say, son, we're starting a revival. Pray for your daddy. She sat down and she wrote the letter and she said, Son, we're in a revival. Pray for your mama. Hallelujah. Pray that I will not be lost after being in the church all these years. I realize I need to be stirred. I am complacent. I realize that I don't cherish this the way I ought to cherish this. Free and every one of us are fighting an old flesh. Hallelujah. That's got to be crucified. Hallelujah. There's no such thing as sanctified flesh. Hallelujah, your old flesh is as sorry as it's ever been. It doesn't matter how much Holy Ghost you got. And that flesh has got to be crucified. I said daily it's got to die. Hallelujah, the Holy Ghost has got to keep on working in our life and keep on renewing us. 
Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Pray for your mama. Pray for your mama. I don't want to be lost. I don't want to go to hell after sitting in a Pentecostal church all these years. And that lady, she, she got under a burden. Conviction fell in that church. And people started praying like they hadn't prayed in years. And uh, she'd be sitting at home in the middle of the day. It didn't have to be a call prayer meeting. It didn't have to be a few minutes before service. You see, we got to get beyond that if we're going to have the revival we're talking about. It's got to be day and night. I said, it's got to be day and night. It can't be 30 minutes before service that pacifies us and we say, hey, you know, I'm pretty good. Our church is praying before church and I'm always there in the prayer room. I want to tell you, it's got to get beyond that. It's got to start eating on us. It's got to live on the inside of us. We got to want this more than the next breath of air. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, she'd be sitting in the living room in the middle of the day and all of a sudden she'd just break out in tears. And she'd have to tell her husband, I'm sorry. And she'd go to the back and she'd fall in, in the carpet on her bedroom floor and she'd start crying. Oh, God, help me, Lord. God, renew me, Lord. The hardness of my heart that I'm fighting with. Oh, this flesh, God. I know I'm not as concerned as I need to be. Only the Holy Ghost can do what needs to be done. Revive thy work in the midst of the years. Revive thy work in my life. Does anybody fight what I fight? I said, does anybody around here fight what I fight? I'm not preaching to the walls tonight. I'm preaching to human beings that just like I am. Hallelujah. Ever so often, you got to dig yourself up. Hallelujah. Something's got to be broken in your life. Hallelujah. She got to work. Hallelujah. She couldn't, she couldn't live with herself. Hallelujah. This, this started going on for days. Hallelujah. Her husband and healer hear her laying in the floor for hours crying. Oh, God, renew me. Oh, God, I don't want to be lost. Oh, God, help me, Lord. Oh, God, give us revival. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God, I want to be real. I don't want to be a hypocrite. Oh, God, I've got to have a renewing of the, the Holy Ghost in my life. Hallelujah. Saturday night came, and she got ready for church. Hallelujah. Her husband, hallelujah, stepped out of the bed room and he was all dressed and hair combed and she said where in the world are you going he said I'll tell you where I'm going I'm going to church tonight hallelujah he went to church that night and the first time in years he sat through the whole service hallelujah they went home that night and went to bed got up the next morning she started getting ready for church and was ready to leave and he stepped out of the restroom and hallelujah hair all combed all cleaned up and and she said what in the world are you doing big old tears came in her old backslid preacher's eyes he said i'm going back to church today Hallelujah. He said, I'm going a sinner, but I'm going to come home a saint. I'm going empty, but I'm going to come home full. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah. They said that, hallelujah, they didn't even give an altar call that Sunday morning. 
Oh, no, it wasn't that kind of a service. Didn't even give an altar call. But I want to tell you, they didn't have to give an altar call for that old boy. Hallelujah. He staggered down that aisle, tears flowing down his cheeks and fell in that altar. And in a few minutes, God refilled him with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. You say, what in the world was it? Was it because they announced a revival? My God, no. They had had so many revivals. and Oh, yes, they had had series of services. Hallelujah. What was it? I'll tell you what it was. It was a woman begin to water the seed of the Word of God with her tears. Hallelujah. A woman that made up in her mind, I'm going to weep. I'm going to cry. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray through. And then my husband will pray through. I'm going to let God touch me. And then I and my husband will be touched. You see, so many times we want sinners to feel conviction, but we don't want to feel conviction. We want sinners to not be able to sleep at night, but we want to sleep at night. How long has it been since you were so miserable that you had to get out of your bed and spend the night in prayer? How long has it been since you felt a little something you've been praying for sinners to feel? Revival's got to start in the soul of the church. It's got to start in us. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. And as soon as Zion...